Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Ramadan Karim, and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. My name is Hilmarie Hutchison, and today I'm joined by our lovely co-host, Shireen. Welcome, Shireen. How are you doing today? Hi, Hilmarie. I am good. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to speaking to our guest today, the wonderful and successful Sophie Simpson. Sophie is the managing director and founder of Ateline, which is a fashion, beauty, wellness, design, and consumer corporate PR agency that's headquartered here in Dubai. Sophie, alongside her team, have already racked up multiple PR agency awards in multiple categories over the last few years. Sophie, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very much looking forward to this. Excellent. So Sophie, we already know a little bit about you, but for our audience who don't know you, can you please share a little bit about yourself and how you ended up here in Dubai? I actually grew up in a place called Bermuda, which I'm sure many of our audience won't actually know. It's this tiny, tiny island off the coast of the States. And I did my education there and then I actually ended up going to university in London. And as I'm sure everyone can hear from me talking, I'm very, very British. I did my education there and uh, had went into journalism and then PR. And I was doing a New York Fashion Week with a company called La Perla when I was doing their PR for them. And a gentleman at the time, he was working in Dubai, sought me out and said, we're looking for someone to help support uh, with outreach and business expansion in the, the fashion space, particularly at the time. Would you be interested to come to Dubai? And uh, off I went. I was definitely ready for a new adventure. And at the time, I was working in uh, Milan. I suppose coming from Bermuda, I was already quite sort of nomadic and open-minded to new to new cultures and countries. So I jumped at the opportunity and said, this is how I ended up here all these years later. <laughs> Such a crazy but fun story that you have. I mean, you've been hopping from place to place, but that's awesome. Like I love traveling and I think it's so important to dive into all the different cultures. And as you said, because of your background, coming here wasn't as scary already because as Dubai is so diverse. But I do want to touch on your passion for fashion. And could you tell us how that started for you and how that eventually led you to your PR career? Of course. So when I was a young teenager and I was at school, I always knew, and I'm sure lots of girls out there would, and boys would feel exactly the same, that they loved fashion. And so I very much put my mind to following this career. And I went to Central St. Martins in London and I studied fashion design and then also history and theory. My whole heart and my brain into it. And then I came out of a uni and I thought, gosh, it's rather hard to make money as a fashion designer. And I I do need to live. So I ended up working in journalism. So I went and worked for a newspaper in London, which is called The Times. And I think they probably cemented my real passion and love for it. And I learned so much about the industry and had such a great opportunity to be at the forefront of what was happening, not just in the UK, to be honest, but across Europe at the time. It was after a few years that being part of the team there, I was always dealing with PRs. And I just, 
I think I sought out having a little bit of flexibility, working with different brands, going back and working with designers and creative directors themselves, which is where my passion started at the beginning. And so I hopped into PR and haven't looked back. And that's quite a common story that we hear that people that move from the journalism background into PR. How was that transition for you? Sort of at the time, it was sort of like PR boot camp because I'd hopped in from the Vogue. That was, it was very fast paced, but also very controlled and incredibly well established. And then when I went into PR, I actually went into an agency, which is a completely different scenario. So it was a huge learning curve. I learned to be much more dynamic and to be able to not just think from one perspective, i.e. Vogue's perspective, but to be able to think from multiple brands and creative directors or founders' viewpoints. I was quite a personal person and I love meeting new people. And I think just it was really exciting. I think what made me sort of enjoy the transition and take the leap was that it suited my skill set and who I am as a person. So it was definitely a hard and many hours were put into the change of career. Yes, I'm sure. But uh, it was brilliant and I learned a lot and I'm here today. So I have to say thank you to all the wonderful people who supported me along the way and mentored me. Having that journalistic background would surely have given you an advantage as well in from the PR side dealing with the media later on. Yeah, knowing what to say and how to approach them. (laughs) the right way. It definitely allows you to take a step back at times and think this is what's happening from their perspective. We all have the same goal, but we have own objectives per the company or brand we work for. So it's definitely made me more mindful and compassionate of everyone's uh, different deadlines and needs, I have to say. Now, let's talk about Ateline. For those who might not have heard of it, can you tell us about your agency? We're based in Dubai and we are quite a niche agency. And when I say that, I mean that we only look after four sectors. So we most definitely don't coin ourselves as a lifestyle agency. So the four sectors we look after is fashion, of course, is where the foundations of the agency and it's probably our biggest uh, sector. And then naturally, the second sector that followed was beauty, wellness and health. And then thirdly, what followed from there was sort of interior design architecture. We even, for example, would look after the holding company of a construction firm. So we always look at things from a consumer and corporate approach. And then the fourth sector we look after is something we've actually coined as consumer corporate. So anything that has is very heavily consumer facing, but definitely has a sort of a corporate approach to it. So things like Kareem's or Liverpool football clubs, for example, the quite easy examples for our listeners to understand. And then we really don't go off these four sectors. So for example, if an automotive company came to us or hospitality, that's not what we're we're about. We definitely believe in being experts at what we do and the teams are allocated accordingly. But we do everything for PR. It's all done in-house and the usual things you would expect from your media relations to your influence engagement, strategic partnerships, events, activations, copywriting, anything to do with putting a brand or a person out there is what we're about. It's great that you are so sharply focused on those areas where you service and not trying to just do everything for everybody. So what inspired you to start your own PR agency? As I mentioned earlier, my family are British and 
but we moved to Bermuda when I think I was about two years old and we did so because mother and father had set up an insurance company you know in my heart of hearts I come from quite an entrepreneurial family so that has always led me to be sort of looking for that opportunity and I think from a young age I would like to have my own business at some point if I'm able to but along my sort of PR career before I got to starting Ateline I think one of the biggest things I noticed was from having agency and in-house experience that I really, really wanted to bring an in-house feel to an agency. And I think that is very much why I'm so strict on the certain, let's call them categories now, categories we look after, um, the type of clients we work with, because I wanted to be a very controlled approach. And I want to remove somewhat that agency feel a little bit from PR companies and really try to be quite measured in the way we deliver things. And I don't know if I can cite that as to why I started a company. I do think that was more personal and ambition I always had. But I think it's definitely what dictated what the company looks like. Telling us, you know, you've had quite a lot of different experience that you've gone through, especially, of course, you know, starting your own PR agency. So based from that experience, what do you believe are some of the most important values that a PR agency needs to have? Actually, we always cite two values as being the most important. The first one, first and foremost, is family. We are a family. As a team, we have to operate together with loyalty, support, encouragement, respect, professionalism. And I use those not merely as buzzwords, but If you don't have a team culture, you don't have respect for each other, you'll never grow as a company. And I think it's one of the most important values. And I think it's very easy to lose sight of it. I'd be heartbroken if for any reason, Ateline wasn't thought of in that way by current, future or past employees. And the second value, it has to be delivery, I think. It's the reason we exist as an agency. And we have to all be united in that one goal and objective for sure. So Sophie, let's touch on COVID just a little. I know it's been a tough time for everyone, but what I'd like to know is what has COVID taught you about how we need to practice business going forward? Hey, COVID, what a year, (laughs) a year and a bit now. I've talked quite a lot on this subject when it was about to happen, when we were going through it. And now, quite thankfully, after it seems we are slowly coming out of it. I'm talking specifically more so for this country. And I think one of the things that I definitely taught me or reminded me was that you have to realize the importance of a strong team and the ability to be able to work together remotely was a success for us. And I just think it really added that element of trust and support and that respect I was talking about earlier. And I think realizing that importance was a big moment that I acknowledged and sat back and said, wow, I've got something even more special than I realized maybe I had. And I think COVID also sort of reinforced the purpose of the business that the delivery for your clients has to remain the same um, in the good times and the bad times. And there was a lot of need for agility for flexibility and scope. It was a a great moment to remember to be dynamic and also a great learning curve for not just the team, but also myself. I'd never gone through a pandemic or 
a worldwide crisis beyond a recession <laughs> about 10 years ago. And um, I think those two things are definitely what I took away from it and have looked at it quite positively. Yeah, I think that, as you mentioned, uh, COVID was very eye-opening to a lot of businesses that finally realized that remote work is possible. And I really hope that this is something that is going to stay because I think it gives a lot more people opportunities in different fields of work in different countries, even to do what they love, you know, from home uh, or remotely. I completely agree. And actually, Asleen, I think we've made sort of a bit of a conscious decision that for two days a week, the team can have flexibility to work remotely, be that at home or a place of their choosing. By no means do you have to, but just to have a bit of that work-life balance and a bit of flexibility and change of scenery, I think counts for a lot. And again, that realization, particularly, you know, I have to say on behalf of myself, of how strong the team is, even when working remotely, reinforced all those things I already thought I knew about the respect and the transparency and the trust. And uh, I would like to say that a year and a half ago, I would have been that flexible, but if on my hand in my heart, I don't think I would have. I think I was a little bit stuck in the traditional model of business. And I hope never quite to go back to that level. I hope to be able to offer something a little bit more unique and flexible because I think at the end of the day, that's what life's about, especially in PR, where it can be quite fast paced at times and intense. It's uh, sometimes you need a quiet space to put your head down. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. And, you know, as you said, especially in PR, because PR is an industry that's ever changing and we have to adapt to whatever is happening. For you, what have been some of your biggest challenges so far throughout your career in PR? So some of my biggest challenges, I think this is probably not even entirely related to PR, of course, but keeping up with technology. This has got to be the hardest thing. And the older you get, the harder it becomes because you're not always using yourself the same platforms. And I definitely cite that as probably the hardest one. And I sometimes when I talk to the team, I look back and all we had was print. Even getting online coverage, which was just starting, no one quite took it seriously. Social media most definitely didn't exist. It was just a different world and you could sell products on the page of Grazia, but now mediums have different purposes and you have to stay abreast of what's changing. And it's not even just uh, from a PR point of view in the terms of how we use technology or platforms to get the word out, but also how do we report on it and how do we interpret the data? And for often for clients, we write a lot on the sort of challenge of big data and small data. And it's so true. How do you interpret what you have and how do you make it meaningful and um, give it a value? So I, I definitely say that this is the biggest challenge every day. And I think it will be a challenge for everyone coming through as you get older, I do believe it becomes a little bit harder. It's just the harsh reality of life. I agree with you. And I have to say, okay, I am a 90s kid. Okay. And I've pretty much had technology for most of my life and social media hasn't been that new to me. It was like a gradual transition, but I find myself still not fully grasping what is happening nowadays. I don't get the whole 
TikTok thing that's going on. Like my younger sister is on a different level than what I am on. And it does get to you because you're like, what am I not getting here? But like every day there's like a new trend that you might not be aware of. There's new slang. There's all this terminology that's coming in. And you just have to kind of force yourself to dive into that world and keep up with the times because it's changing so fast. Most definitely. And I think there's something to be said for having a good breadth of a, not just skill set, but age on your team as well (laughs) to help you along this journey. Absolutely. If you could give some advice for other business owners like yourself post-COVID, what would it be? If I had to give some advice to other business owners, it wouldn't be very exciting advice. It would be the most practical list, I think, or pieces of advice I have. And the first one is most definitely trust in your business plan. This is why you put business plans together and you go through the laborious details for moments like this. And to remain steadfast in your goals, as well as being able to be agile when necessary, I think you need to know your limitations. And I'm sure any smaller companies or entrepreneurs are much more aware of them day in and day out. But I think having a very frank and honest conversation with yourself is essential. Um, Keep a check on your numbers. Sounds very obvious, but know your numbers. Don't put your head in the sand. You've got to spend your hours on them and to really understand what it looks like on paper. Also, I think... Again, I go back to relationships. Understand the importance of relationships within your teams and clients. Actually, we actually don't ever work on projects. We only have full-time retained clients annually. And um, I think this is really where our relationships shone through and it reinforced the importance of being able to have those honest and transparent dialogues and to be able to work together as one to overcome the challenges or indeed maximize opportunities for some of the clients we represent. I would definitely say probably these four things would sort of, they transition well into any business, not just PR. That's certainly very practical advice. Can I just take a step back and ask why you don't do projects? Why is it that you focus only on retainers? In terms of why we don't do projects, there's a few reasons. It goes back again to sort of providing that sort of in-house PR feel rather than that agency approach. And it allows us to know our clients inside and out. It means that we have long-term and consistent goals together. Um, it also allows us to appoint specialized teams onto those different sectors. I talked about those different sort of areas and genres. And Therefore, our teams aren't overcrowded with clients. They have a handful that they can work on. And um, from the back end, if we talk about COVID, it's easy for things such as cash flow and growth of business. So it's sort of two-pronged, but we're really strict on it. And that is how we work with clients. And it's actually a little bit different in this region, which is there are quite a lot of projects and opportunities and it's very fast paced and transient and there's so many wonderful things going on. So at times it's very hard to say no, especially when there's something very exciting happening. I have to say it's part of our business plan. It may not be something forever, but definitely for the next five years, it will remain. And um, when COVID hit, it was it was a testament to the business plan and it, it was a reassurance, which was great for us. 
and for our clients, I believe, because we were able to pivot very quickly without any need of sort of introductions or onboarding or having to change project work last minute and so on. Yeah, very interesting. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, very interesting. And to kind of stay on the topic of your challenges, to look on the brighter side, has there been a particular milestone for you so far in your life or career that you're proud of? Could you please share it with us? Very boringly, it probably would have to be starting Atelier, but... I think actually, if I look back at milestones, the most exciting moment was probably winning my first client when I started it because the company had a purpose. And I I look back on that and I don't think I've been as excited. And when once you get going, you actually lose sight of the milestones you had put in place for yourself. And sometimes I do have to stop and um, try to acknowledge them. But There's also things have changed throughout the years. One of our biggest milestones might be a team member winning an award. And for me, that is something phenomenal and something to be recognized and to be proud of more so than personal ones. Because like I said, we're one united family and you're in it together. So there's been a few along the way, but... I think definitely that first client win is a bit of a cliche answer, isn't it? But no, you never forget your first. I think it's so important to celebrate all the firsts that you have, no matter how small, because I think that that's the little motivation that you need every day or every week or however long to keep you going and motivated, like every little thing. And I think that goes to not just careers. Like I like to encourage myself to feel proud of any small achievement that I set for myself. And if I get it done, and I'm going to celebrate it, you know, absolutely. Um, so, you should. Yeah, I think so that's true. really great. So Sophie, after such an incredible journey that you've had so far, can you tell us, do you have any exciting plans for the future? Any projects that you're working on? I don't know if it's that exciting. But the biggest thing for me is to continue to execute the plan we have in place for the business. So no, that's not very new or exciting, is it? For us, it is because it means growth. And to focus on our clients, because like I said, we don't work on projects and to continue to grow with them is most definitely the goal and what we're looking to do day in and day out. There is often conversations about new markets and this will probably be the biggest next leap for us but again all within that pouring business plan (laughs) I go back to it but as we all know coming out of COVID they're there for a reason and they allow for a very controlled and measured uh, approach which of course has room to uh, harness opportunities should they come our way. And I think Saudi is a very interesting market. And of course, other countries have opened up to the UAE. And so we'll see a lot more different type of tourism and appointments of different editors looking after different regions. So you also have to be adaptable. So let's see. Thank you very much, Sophie, for sharing that and for sharing your story with us so far. That's been very interesting to hear about. I've enjoyed it. I hope I've been a little bit insightful and uh, not too self-indulgent. No, not at all. <laughs> it was great. Great advice. And yeah, very interesting. So now we've come to an exciting segment of our show where I will ask you a few rapid fire questions. It's like a little game show that we like to play. So are you ready? I'm ready. I think so. It's very simple stuff. Don't worry. Okay. So what did you want to be when you were a kid? 
a fashion designer. Of course. What's your favourite travel destination? It has to be home to Bermuda. I bet it's beautiful. It's hard to beat the beaches. Name one thing on your bucket list. Good question. Definitely to open Ateline in a different uh, country. So you do have exciting plans for the future. Very nice. What is the one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you are? I always walk my dog. Oh, I'm sure your dog appreciates that. Very nice. (laughs) That's so nice. Even during the summer? Even during the summer. I always, always me. No one else but us. consistency and i'll throw in a bonus question since we know you love fashion heels or sneakers sneakers ah excellent thank you for playing along sophie now before we wrap up we would like to do our green pill moment so if you had to take the green pill and go back in time and change one thing about your journey what would it be i think it would definitely this question would take me back to when I first started Ateline and I was quite young. And I thought I sought out a lot of advice. But actually, I think I would have really learned a lot from a different type of mentorship and being a little bit more active with my community to bring some of those people who have so much expertise around me to bounce some more ideas off. And it's something I do very often now. And probably taking much more from those years back when I started. So I definitely think always, you know, look around your circle. And if there's a a mentor or someone who is even a sounding board, don't be afraid to ask for their help and their time maybe more so than you think you should. That's excellent insight and excellent advice for our listeners, especially for the younger generation, as you say, and for all of us. Don't be scared to ask questions because others are willing to help if you just ask them, if you just put yourself out there. So that's excellent advice. Sophie, thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing with us your very personal and uh, incredible journey with us. And also the insights that you've shared. I'm sure that our audience will enjoy this conversation as much as we have. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been such a pleasure and to be part of what you guys are doing, which is really, truly brilliant. And I'm sure that you have so many more exciting guests coming your way. But thank you for making me part of it as well. Thank you very much. You are as exciting as every other guest that we've had. And it it was really great to have you on. And thank you for sharing everything that you did. Now, before we say our goodbyes, could you share with us where we could find you on social media or your website? Of course. So social media is at Ateline. Very easy. And website is www.ateline.com. Excellent. Sophie, thank you again for joining us today. We wish you and Ateline all the very best. Likewise, likewise, and thank you so much. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.